In a time of chaos and fear, a new super duo will rise to set the world to rights. One, a man with magical mind powers. The other, just a mashed up dude. For your salvation and entertainment, this is Doc Strange and the Dude. Hello there and welcome, 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 one and all, and you especially, to Doc Strange and the Dude. I'm Doc Strange. And I'm the Dude. How are you today? Yeah, good, you know, I, uh, obviously like everybody else, the world is seems to be on, on fire and flooding and everything else, falling apart at the seams all around me. But it's you, an apocalypse. Yeah, you make the best of it as you can. I found out that, uh, yeah, my job runs out on August the sixteenth. So at the minute, it's like, yeah, I haven't got, I haven't got a clue really what I'm going to do. Is I, that cause uh, for celebration? I think so. I mean, I, very recently, I've you know, I've kind of tried stepping up my game for producing more content, and I've had some, you know, some nice view numbers and stuff. Um, so I think my plan at the minute is to revamp and relaunch my Patreon, uh, and then start producing oh. regular content including this podcast you say patreon yeah what would you say you say patreon i say patreon 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 i've not really considered mm, it patreon so uh that's the plan i'll uh let's say i've got a couple of weeks i need to do a bit of work on it before i do an official launch of that but uh i think i'm going to give that a go whilst to see what happens in the rest of the world why not I've, i'm the one that's been telling you i've been telling you to to do that because you're far too talented to just be wasting your time doing bloody calls with idiots who don't know how to switch it off and switch it back on again. I can't be doing that. I have got no time for people that just can't be bothered looking it up. I've I've got I've got people who have been asking me things that they could just look. Why just Google it? For God's sake! I solve maybe sixty percent of customer problems by just googling it whilst they're on the phone. Yeah. You know. Yeah, but you shouldn't have to do that. That why? I, I've the amount of things I've taught myself to do by googling it. You know, yeah. and, and before Google, you know, when we're on AltaVista or Do- Dogpal, Dogpal was my favourite search engine, um, and, and even Yahoo, which isn't technically a search engine, it wasn't. It was, it was a um, I forgot the name of it, listing. You know, um, but yeah, I, I always used to. I go, hmm, I wonder. Because before then, before the internet, I used to go to the library and look things up. And I used to do that and research that way. I used to use a microfilm, right? I, mm-hmm. I'd go to the library and I had a machine and I used to go through microfilm and I used to do that. Yeah. That was in the 70s. Yeah. No, well, again, that was cutting-edge technology back then. It was. It really was. It was amazing. I mean, I got into that because I saw a movie and you know they had a micro dot and and the you know they put it under a microscope and it had all these books and all this information i thought that's cool is that a thing and when i went to the library there they had these big screens with which wasn't really a screen it was like a magnifier yeah. and a tiny little cathode <laughs> screen <laughs> <laughs> oh my god thinking it, it was like looking at an extra sketch 
trying to trying yeah. to find information using an etch a sketch. And there's people listening to this now who've got no idea what an etch a sketch is. And that was the height of artistic technology uh, in the seventies. If you've got an etch a sketch, a, a red brick with a grey screen and two knobs that you could twiddle, and you could either go up or down, left or right. That was your yeah. um, that was your basis to make art. And I could just about do a square house. And that was it. Yeah, you could never do the Mona Lisa off the advert or anything like that. That was that was always beyond everybody. I've seen some good. I've seen some really good art done on uh, a sketch by people who have got no. Uh, they've got more time on their hands than they would admit to, and they've got talent as well. So, yeah, I soon give up with that. But anyway, yeah. So using the internet, uh, using Google, searching for things, trying to find out information, uh, researching. That's the way forward, folks. You can do this. If you've got a question in mind, you can look it up and you can check multiple sources. Well, I would say that would that, that brings us neatly into something I think probably we need to talk about this week. Uh, what would that be, dude? Well, generally speaking, people's recognising their own privilege, whether that be white privilege or from what you've just described there, western privilege it's this Mm. you feel like you're entitled to have everything on a plate so you don't do the work to just do a basic look on the internet and check it's right it's too inconvenient to check that facts are correct i don't need to check facts i've got my opinion and my belief and that's all i need thank you yeah i mean obviously at the minute the world is focusing on what's going on with or at least it should be focusing on what's going on with black lives matter and also with COVID. Now, as a middle-aged white oh, guy, not I'm not sure... still talking about COVID, are we? Well, we'll, we'll, I'll come to that, but I would say, uh, as a middle-aged white guy, obviously, you know, it's not. I'm not really the focus of Black Lives Matter, and I'm not sure that really people need another opinion from a middle-aged white guy. It's not about you! Except that there are other middle-aged white guys that are the problem, and I can talk to them. And I can ask them to take an honest look in the mirror and say, what are you doing? What are your values? Like, how can you possibly argue with these calls for change when you have witnessed a man being murdered? It's as simple as that. You, if, if you don't feel the same level of outrage that I feel from witnessing a man, guilty or innocent is irrelevant, being murdered by someone in a position of authority, then you need to have a real long look in the mirror and start asking some questions about who you are. Because that's a fundamental part of humanity for me, is the empathy, the very basic empathy to to respect the value of a human life. I just don't know how people are then, you know, trying to make the discussion about statues or content of comedy or anything else. Because they're not the things that are causing no. the problem. Yes, they're good. No. It's, it's people are angry and and rightly, you know, as we're you know in Bristol, rightly people pulled down the statue of Colston because they tried doing it the you know the sensible way through political right negotiation, votes, petitions, all of that, and it was ignored. And then when people don't realise this has been going on for years in, Over a in decade. Bristol. 
and yeah. and pe- people think this is just something that's happened. Oh yeah, there was a protest and a lot of yobs, and they pulled down this statue. No, they've been trying for such a long time to get rid of all these traces of what Bristol is was built on, which was slavery. I mean, the country was really, but you know, Bristol was built on slavery, and. Nobody needs to be reminded of that. We're trying to move forward, and I love Bristol because it's multicultural. It, it's it's a melting pot. It always has been, but it's so it's such an interesting city, and there's so many cool people that live here, and and we accept accept each other, you know. Yeah, and I was proud of to be you know living in Bristol the day that happened because it was an important gesture that needed making. And going back on what you were saying, yeah, we, you know, this has been a debate that's been going on for years and years and years. And a a compromise was made to put a plaque up on it to say, you know, this guy did make his money through slaves, even though he was a philanthropist. But they couldn't even concede the wording on that. Now, if that's not the absolute epitome of what people are saying about the ingrained... uh, white privilege and inequality that's built into our society then i don't know what is but you can't even put a tiny plaque on something so admitting this was wrong you know Mm. in which case no pull it down pull it down because we we shouldn't be debating whether racism is a thing or not (laughs) it obviously is it it shouldn't be a debate at all it's like you know but it is for too many people too many people are like oh well um you know they're not i'm not even going to repeat what i've heard people say no close friends people on you know on certain media sites that i've i am i have happily blocked yeah because they're not accepting the fact you know we say uh, black lives matter and they're coming back with this oh well all lives matter so yeah but of course all lives matter but if you're going out trying to save the whale you're not saying, well, what about all the other fish in the sea? You know, it's mental. Yeah, you're not saying black lives matter more than white lives. You're saying no. black lives matter because police are killing them on a like yeah. on a daily basis. Not it's, this isn't just yeah. a one-off. Um, it's not the first time we've seen a video of somebody being killed by the police in America. And no. if you think, well, it's in America and it doesn't matter. There's plenty of people that have been killed in police custody in the UK as well. But it's not... Yeah, I've got to say, I, I was I was sent a video. Somebody um, said all this, well, all lives matter, and I was, you know, hey, come on. These guys need our help now, you know. Yeah. If, if a house is on fire, you don't start trying to protect all the other houses in the street just in case the flames move over to them. You put the fire out, and then it doesn't, set fire to the other houses you know if you say my house is on fire and you go well what about all the other houses it it, it doesn't make sense deal with the problem and the big problem now is systemic racism uh, against black minorities um that that stems from years and years of whether it was slavery or or just racism it's it's unbelievable it, you know the, um, Akela puts it really well, and I'm not even going to try and paraphrase because he's far more erudite than I am. But you know, the, it's always benefited the white man or the right white rich man or capitalism to have people um, working for them, a minority, and and for people to believe that black people are not as intelligent or black people are not as whatever whatever lies they put out there. It, it's 
it's wrong and it's about time people said, fuck this, I've had enough of this shit. Yeah. We're all brothers and sisters. We're all one. We're all human. I don't give a shit what colour you are, what religion you are. I don't care where you're from. Let's all just get along. And we don't because wars make profit. And why why would you have wars? Well, if you just get people hating each other, if you get the um, the little guys to fall out with each other, like with Brexit, or you blame the immigrants, blame these people taking our jobs, blame the no, the people that are the problem are the ones at the top that are just making making money out of us, whether uh, it's causing war and selling weapons or whatever. And and so no, we need to stand with our. Uh, our black brothers and sisters and say that's enough we've had enough you know stop this shit um and then you get people going yeah well there are a load of jobs they they, they've they've had a a protest but it wasn't peaceful you know people went out Mm. looting no people are opportunists they're opportunists they will go out and do things like that if they get a chance and they see a load of people going uh, having a, a peaceful process, a protest, well, why don't we go along and see if we can nick anything along the way? That's not the majority. That's a, a very small number of people that would do that anyway if they walked past your house and your door was open. They'd go, well, let's nip in there and see what we can get. You know, they're not the people that are protesting. They're not the people that care. They're the people that are either desperate or they are petty criminals. And, you know, that they shouldn't tar everybody else with the same brush so yeah i mean my frustration with it is when like you said people were trying to uh take over the hashtags with the all lives matter and stuff thing is it's like you're completely missing the issue with that not only in terms of the original cause but if you were going to do that and look at a bigger picture you would say well make it inequality matters because it's about the inherent inequalities in our systems that is that is the problem women struggled and you know you get people saying oh well you know uh, women don't get paid as much as men and all this but imagine being a black a black woman yeah it's compounded the the point i wanted to make was though was about inequality of justice because these cops were acting in this way because they thought they could get away with it to the point that they didn't care that they were being filmed doing it because the the sanctions process of you know the disciplinary board and all that we've seen time and time again at at worst they get a suspension or whatever they don't even lose their job over it on the few occasions where they do lose their job on it they don't go to prison and they don't lose their pension and it's the same in our political system as well how many times have we seen politicians resigning from cabinet roles through <laughs> yeah disgrace of one thing or another whether it's you know an affair or drugs or bribes or whatever and then the next minute they're back in you know liam fox was another job liam fox resigned for financial fraud because he was passing information to and contracts to his mate and now he's you know was put in charge of brexit trade negotiations it's it's there is no sense of lasting justice within those structures and that's what gets me in terms of inherent inequality because if the people responsible for our lives have no accountability and no visibility for their actions then they they cannot be trusted to be acting on our behalf if we can't see who's giving them money and what do they get back for that money then again there is going to be inequality built in 
Now, in terms of the American situation situation as well, um, I watched the Netflix documentary the other night, which I really want to recommend because which one? It's called uh, the Thirteenth. Oh, I've heard of it. I've not got around to it. I'm still watching Filthy Rich about Jeffrey Epstein. Right. So the Thirteenth is based on the idea of the Thirteenth Amendment, which is the one that bans slavery. But yeah. it says, in exception of if you commit a crime. And it's on the basis of that, that get out clause, that the whole American justice system is built on. And this whole documentary looks at the big business of prison and the profit yeah. making behind the police. Like if you're, if a policeman has targets that are t- tied to a commission, then yeah. they're looking for that crime that might not even exist because they need to get the figures up because that amount of crime is expected. And it also says that you can't reduce crime because that's the expected levels. So within that, it means they've had to label various actions as being more of a crime than another to keep that flow of people through that profitable prison system so yeah like like uh, the the use of drugs or 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 having cannabis yeah yeah so if you've got cannabis you can get pulled and you can get arrested and you can go go to prison and then in the state next to it cannabis is legal yeah what's that about yeah or if you if you have powdered cocaine then you'll get, you know, sort of two to five years. If you've got crack cocaine, then you'll get a 20-year minimum. It's the same drug. It's just in a different form. But one is Hmm. cheap and used by the black community more than the rich white community. It's, you know, it's look at how many times have you seen a group of, you know, rich college white students have been, you know, I don't know, assaulted a girl or whatever, and the judge lets them off with a warning because they wouldn't survive in prison or whatever. And then the next minute, they'll send three black lads the same age down for like 20 years. It's the inherent differences that are built into the system that have to change. There has to be equality for everybody under law, you know, under law, under government, and, and in the eyes of justice. It just it, it has to change. And all these people are going to go into your prisons and you're going to make money out of them. You're going to make two grand a week out of some poor guy who's got caught, you know, with some cannabis or with coke or whatever, um, and they make they're profiting. They, all these prisons are being built just to make money. Just like war is all about making money, war is all about profit. So is arresting people. It sickens me. Let's just think back over the last two or three weeks. There was a protest what that about uh, I think it was face masks and whether or not they could open up hairdressers. And a load of people stormed their their council building, all carrying like like rifles uh, and stuff like that. And the police were just Mm. like shoving them back, and they were there waving guns in their faces. Yeah, yeah. Nothing. The next... Because they were white. Exactly. Then two weeks later, you've got Black Lives Matter happens, and they're tear-gassing people just to get them out of the way yeah. so Trump can go and make a speech outside of a church. That's the difference. Yeah. And in terms of who's the criminal with that gun, like, how is somebody threatening a police officer with a gun not domestic terrorism? You know, uh, certainly, how does it not get you tased and shot if, you know, if, if it's about protecting lives of uh, of the officers? 
you know, why why was that crowd, entire crowd, not tased, shot, water cannoned? I'm not saying that I wanted them to be, but I'm saying if that's the reaction you do to one, that's what you do to them both, right? Well, because the the guys that have got the guns are the ones that are spending the money on the product that's being made by the people who support the government. So the companies, the gun lobbyists and the, the manufacturers, they all pay in and support their um, their president. Um, and that's why after every shooting, every child that's murdered by some psychopath who's got hold of his dad's gun and has gone to school because he wants to shoot everyone up because he's a loser, then what the fuck that you would say that's it i mean after sandy they got they should have gone right no that's it Gun, yeah. guns are illegal yeah. but no they won't because they did lose so much money and again it's all about profit it's just how much money can we make and all these dickheads that have got guns they spend a fortune not just on guns but the ammunition ammunition isn't cheap it's obviously not cheap enough that's for sure because mm. people like using it um but I wouldn't like pissing money down the drain if I had a gun. If oh, I get a machine gun and it fires out a six hundred rounds a minute, how much does it cost per round? Oh, that's one pound twenty. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. hang on a minute, that's fucking mental. Yeah, that's mental money. One minute, six hundred bullets. That's like nearly nine hundred pounds gone. But the thing is, that's the expense though. Obviously, doesn't deter people. If you're if you just like guns, it doesn't seem to matter. That's because it's power. You haven't had power before, but now you bought it and you've got it. And not only have you got your your uh, your white skin, and you've got your you know you can get about. You got your get out of jail free pass. Oh my God, you can get away with killing somebody. Right. Okay. Well, I think we've torn America apart enough. Maybe for this episode, should we talk a little bit about the UK and how our country's falling apart? again don't know where don't know when but I know we'll peak again after V-Day keep staying home you are safer on your own because COVID's here and the vaccine's far away. Yeah. Let's talk about something nice. Well, you were talking about BAM. Uh, there's more BAM deaths. We, we mentioned this weeks ago that um, there were more uh, black and African and whatever people of colour who were dying in the NHS because of COVID infections. Uh, and and now it's just it's gone through the roof. It's ridiculous. The 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 I don't know what the percentage is, but there's a lot more black people and and uh, minorities dying than um, than whites for for some reason. Well, I think the I say the BAME community seems to be quite heavily hit because of a they are overly represented in, in those key worker roles. Our carers, our our bus drivers, our taxi drivers, our shop workers, you know, they are overrepresented in those industries. People that actually work for a living. Yeah, the people we rely on. So they're facing much higher exposure, much 
higher levels of risk because again doesn't matter how careful you're being you've got if you're the one that's got to deal with the bloody public then that's the risk you know is because and the public are nasty yeah but they're just not they've just not we've just not taken it serious there's too many people that have been blasé and they're in this mindset honest to god it feels like with with brexit a lot of them got to I'm the point right. of of going they want to oppose it because they know it really makes people like me angry and this feels like yeah, the same thing. Yeah, let's annoy the lefties. Yeah, and th- this feels like the same thing. I'm not wearing a mask because it'll really wind up the lefties. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not bothered about being wound up. I'm about. I'm worried about you killing your gran and my dad and everybody else around you because you're not taking precaution. We're in in the UK. We're facing just the daily watering down of our safety precautions. Sorry, I just thought of something. So these are the people that wouldn't wear condoms uh, for sex so that they didn't transmit diseases. But instead, <laughs> uh, they started having kids. And that's why there's more of them than there is of us. Well, quite. But um, the, the, the fact that people can't trust in anything that the government says anymore because the advice isn't isn't obviously isn't backed by science anymore. The science advisors are no longer standing with them on the briefings. You know, no, they're, they're not transparent. So it's become apparent that from the release of those sage meetings, one, why the hell wasn't the prime minister present for them? Just sending Dominic Cummings along. You know, that's not how you're supposed to be running this country, and certainly, he's not supposed to then be directing the me- direction of the meeting. The science advices. It became apparent in those that, you know, we delayed lockdown by about two weeks and that would have saved around about 20,000 lives if we'd have gone into lockdown when the advice recommended we did. But no, we had to delay because of some footballing, because of Cheltenham and because of, you know, whatever else that the Tory party's mates run and needed to complete before we, we shut things down. Oh, yeah, the the amount of money that they get from... Uh... Wash um, people. Matt uh, Hancock, it's in his constituency that he he, he directly gets over 10 grand uh, a year just from that. No, more than that. No, about 100 100 grand. grand Sorry, about 100 grand a year just from the the race course in his constituency. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, turf turf accountants and all that. He was in Parliament today, seen. Breaking the social distancing rules. There was a guy stood in the middle of the, the chamber, waiting to step forward. Hancock walks up behind him, stands right next to him, and puts his arm around him on his shoulder. That's the health oh, secretary yeah. in the middle of a pandemic. It's, Jesus Christ! It's an absolute disgrace. They—they they are charlatans. They are imbeciles. They are criminally corrupt, and they need replacing. Otherwise, this country is facing a, a death rate that's going to be—I I, could—I can see topping a million. This time oh, next yeah. year. Easy. This time next yeah. year, we'll be over a million. We'll be millionaires. Because the the second wave is going to be so big. If you look now at like, uh, I think it was Beijing have just lock, started locking down again because they had 15 new cases. Yeah, second wave. Fifth, yeah. But 15, right? They've locked down yeah. proper quarantine. You can't leave your house. You can't leave your town. Like, no travel whatsoever. Boom. We still do, we've still got 200 a day. And we're, you know, going, well, maybe you have to wear a mask if you're on a bus. 
Yeah. Matt Hancock going, oh, we've, we've only had 200. Excuse me, only? What the? Come on. I'm tired and angry of going out and going into a shop and being the only person in a mask. Yeah. I feel like I'm the, you know what I mean, the one-eyed man in the land of the blind. And I'm going, yeah. there's a lion right there. And everyone's going, nah, I think that's just Jeff's stomach rumbling. Yeah, they're all looking at you like, he looks mental. That's yeah, it. like I'm the mental one for taking safety precautions in a fucking global pandemic. You've got me swearing now, but it's 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 yeah, infuriating and maddening. And You do look mental, though. I know. Well, this pattern dressing gown look that I'm rocking right now for this video call is, is not my finest, I'll be honest. That's the thing, you know, I mean, you, you, I, I have to look at you, see, what you don't realise, dear listener, <laughs> just just the one of you, is that we're, we're watching each other now, we're, we're doing a live call, and thank God he's moved his phone so that I'm just seeing the higher top end of yeah. his body, because when it was lower, he's got his dressing gown on, there's nothing underneath, he's just got it open, all I can see is his hairy, pale chest, flaccid flaccid chest uh and all the way down to his pubic line and honestly i i was feeling a little bit queasy to be honest but then i look at myself and now you're a bit horny <laughs> and now no I'm, I'm surprised how hard i am and i look at myself and i go blimey o'reilly i've got a nice tan uh that's about it, really. That you know, I'm I'm fatter than I was. Uh, somebody I uh, saw yesterday at the tip said we can tell because he's been working all the way through. He works at the council recycling, and uh, I know these guys. And I go in and make them laugh and whatever. And he said, I can tell that you've been doing it right and that you've been staying in because you've got fat. <laughs> Two weeks, New Zealand. We're enjoying a COVID-free country. Woohoo! And then two birds step off a plane from England and uh, because they'd flown over to New Zealand to see the, the, a dying parent um, on compassionate grounds, they were allowed to leave quarantine um, earlier than, than normal. I think they were only there for, for nine days. And so they set off on an eight-hour drive, 650 miles uh, from Auckland to Wellington, I think it was, uh, to see the um, anyway, it turns out that they both got COVID. They're both infected, and they've gone over uh, through the country. And we, we were told that they'd uh, st- stayed in the car for eight hours, not gone out, not used the bathroom, or met anybody along the way. It'll be fine. And uh, Jakinda, the uh, the prime minister, I can't remember his surname, uh, who's amazing. She was like f- absolutely fuming. <laughs> And it turns out that uh, they they got to the parents' house and they promised to self-isolate, uh, but it's a little too late because apparently along the way they were meeting friends and relatives and giving them hugs and kiss, kisses um, because they hadn't seen them for so long. Yeah. And so now the army has been called in to try and trace who they met and what's gone where. And so now the country's in lockdown again. Can you envision... A more perfect example of what we were saying, though, about privilege. That you think it's okay to take that risk. And, and, and look how, how much damage just two people can do. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, how does that case alone not convince any idiot that 
they need to stay in and start doing things properly. I'm sorry that your parents dying, but you can't go and see them. Yeah. I'm sorry, other people have, have had to suffer. So, oh no, no, bring your disease from across the world to us. Thanks for that. Meanwhile, you know, we've, we've now got this thing where, you know, they said like anyone coming into this country has to quarantine for two weeks. But again, it's, you just have to promise you're going to go into quarantine <laughs> yeah. and stuff. There's no... Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like, what? You, if you, We're dealing with idiots and selfish people. It's not like they're putting everybody into a quarantine hotel for two weeks. They were in... That's what they were doing in New Zealand. Yeah, but they're not here. No, they're not. Here, no, they're you going, get off no, the right, plane just... and they go, right, cheers very much. Go and isolate for two weeks. Thanks. Yeah, behave yourself. Yeah. Promise? Yeah. Okay, cool. Cool. Off you go. You know, it's a joke. So speaking of a joke, um, the United Kingdom. Well, actually, not the United Kingdom. Uh, you know, Scotland's doing well. Uh, they've got Nicola Sturgeon. She's awesome. Uh, the Welsh are doing really well. Um, God knows who's... I have no idea who's running that country. God be honest, I don't either. I haven't a clue. No idea. But uh, the, I know there's the Welsh Assembly. And, um, uh, yeah, they're, they're not uh, They're not being silly. Um, but, yeah, our country, our great leader uh, in his wisdom decided that uh, kids can go back to school we can all go wandering around and I'll tell you in the next week there's going to be an announcement that uh, the two meter rule is now one meter they're yeah. going to put that down and as soon as they do then apparently restaurants in, in London are suffering so much but if they get it to to one meter I think he said one and a half meters actually this this restaurateur said if we can get it down to one and a half meters we can get 70% uh, capacity right um, whereas I think if if it's two if it's two meters they can probably only do 20% but, so it's a big difference isn't it but when we're talking about how you know wearing a mask reduces the dispersal rate by about 80 odd percent even a shit mask even a shit mask well as soon as you're in a restaurant you're not going to be eating with a mask on are you everyone's going to be masked no off. yeah yeah so you're all but all they're talking about doing outside yeah so in in soho what they're talking about is closing off the streets from um five o'clock till 11 o'clock at night mm -hmm. and so all the um all the chairs can be sat outside and all the tables and they're going to have big umbrellas and they're going to do it that way. That's that's the plan. If you... In British weather. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was listening to um, a podcast by Michael Moore today, you know, the documentary maker. Yeah, Bowling for Columbine. Yeah, and he was talking to, you know, a, a, a medical expert and, it, and he was saying, you know, that he's shielding because he's got various health issues that make him vulnerable. And he was saying, you know, people are, you know, I see they're loosening some some rules. Can I go outside to the park? Can You know, have a walk around if I'm wearing a mask and if I'm careful. I'd really like to go back home because I'm not at home, but it means I'd have to, I would normally take this sort of eight-hour drive through Buffalo and I can't cross the Canadian border. I would have to fly. And this medical expert basically said, well, look, if you're going outside and having a walk, yeah, you can be careful. You can, you know, keep your distance and wear a mask and all that. She said, but even if you weren't shielding, she's like, you'd be a madman to get on a plane right now because they're just boxes of air conditioning to 
pass everything around. If someone on a plane's yeah. got it, by the time you get off the plane, you've got it. Without a yeah. doubt. You know what I mean? Because that's that's how the air circulates. But they do have filters on planes, though. Nevertheless. But they're, not, they're not effective enough to protect anybody. Well, again, we don't really still know what it is. You know, there's been a study that came out this week that said for people that have had it and recovered, that yeah. there's there's actually some really serious after effects in a lot of people. Yeah. And uh, a, a mortician, sort of, you know, surgeon general or whatever, had said, I've been looking at the autopsies around the world. And if you look at the lungs of people that have had this, they just it, this thing just dissolves your lungs. He said it looks like because half the time you can't even tell it was a lung when you look at it. It's like looking at yeah. someone coming out of Chernobyl. You know, it, this is this is not just you know having a cold and recovering. You know, no. even if even if you are lucky enough to survive this, this is going to have health implications for generations to come. And like thalidomide. Yeah, no, really will be. And I think people, you know, this hasn't sunk into people's psyche yet, you know. Yeah, I mean, we, we imagine that. We we don't know if um, by having COVID, it somehow affects reproduction. No idea. We don't know yet. No. But imagine if it did. Imagine if it uh, mutated. I was going to say mastercized. I, don't, I can't even remember what that means. Um if it mutated and and then somebody's born with, I mean, this could be the creation of superheroes, or the end of us all, which is more likely. Or the end of us all, yeah, more likely, yeah. You remind me yeah. of that uh, Family Guy uh, <laughs> scene where <laughs> Adam West goes and rolls in a load of nuclear waste, and he comes back and the doctor says, "You have lymphoma," <laughs> and he goes, "Really? I, I was I was hoping for superpowers," and he's like, "Well, well that's stupid. What were you thinking?" <laughs> yeah. But uh, but yeah, I you're calling me stupid, aren't you? No, I'm just saying we don't know what these, like I say, knock-on effects are going to be, um, and even more reason to make sure you just don't get it because looking at the, the the impact of this disease, herd immunity is absolutely the wrong strategy. Bonkers, mate. Because a there isn't a vaccine. Trying it without a vaccine is insane in itself. But if there's, you know, after recovering from it, still, it's not giving you protection. It actually leaves you health, you know, your health vulnerable. Well, yeah, you're going to have, you're going to have a massive percentage. I don't know, is it ten percent or twenty yeah. percent? That if you do herd, they're going to get, they're going to have it, mm-hmm. and then you're going to have a, a certain percentage of them that are going to be really ill, and then the other ones. They're going to need ventilators. Well, we're talking millions yeah. in 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 one go. If herd immunity happens, there's going to be an exponential rate of infection, and within in a country as small as ours, maybe eight nine days, everybody in the country will be infected. Well, there's no way the NHS can handle. Uh, what were we? There's seventy. There'd probably be about. Four and a half million people, yeah, needing needing intensive care. Right now, the best thing I can do for my uh, for my job opportunities is actually just stay home and safe and alive, because in two months' time, when my job runs out, actually, 
you might find that manpower is really short on the ground because there's been a lot of idiots going out doing congas down the road for VE Day and chopping uh, at who's IKEA bury or whatever. Who, who's going to bury them all? Who's going to bury... They're going to have to either go into landfill yeah. and, or, you know, or, you know, set fire to mm-hmm. um, because fuel's cheap. <laughs> Cause, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, it, it is. So, I mean, th- th- that that's just come to me and the only way they could do it is mass graves filled with fuel set fire to it so there'd be massive funeral pyres up and down the country i mean the the, the sky if they do that the sky will go black because there'll be that many people to get rid of and again it's the next two months you know we've we've already done the stupid actions yeah the seed's already been sown it's coming if if you're if you want a job, you know, and you you know you you could lift a body, uh, or, or with help, then um, and you know, and you're not particularly squeamish, uh, we could have a job for you, um, because they will be the key workers, they'll be the key grave workers, you know, they'll be the people that are cleaning, because otherwise, you're just going to have rotten bodies everywhere and. Mm-hmm. It's just meant, it's not even worth thinking about. So that's herd, Im- herd immunity. But if people hang back and they spread it out over a longer period, over a couple of years, then the NHS can handle it. Not so many people die. Uh, yeah, we live with it longer, but we're not all fucking dying at once. I mean, talking of jobs, something that made me raise an eyebrow the other day is because I did, you know, genuinely have a look in the jobs page just to see what was out and about there. I saw advertised two deputy department heads for the civil service and one uh, like director of the civil service like job advertised just in my local's job page. I'm like, so literally nobody's, you can't get anybody to run those key roles at the minute because anybody with any kind of integrity goes, it can't be done. Simple as that. Whether it's Brexit or whatever rubbish, you know, plans they're trying to do. Are you trying to say that Brexit... Are you trying to say that Brexit's a failure? Well, I think I might have, you know, given a clue to that before, that that was my opinion, yeah. And mine. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on. They keep saying it was Project Fear. Yeah. But every day... It's being shown we were right, we were right, we were right. We were right about things we didn't even know we were right about. I mean, the cost of dealing with the extra paperwork at the ports alone to get our food in and out of this country is more than the annual membership for the EU. We said we were going to cut red tape. We're hiring 50,000 new customs officers to try and deal with it. That's more unelected bureaucrats than the EU has. Just think about that. We got, we did it to get rid of unelected bureaucrats and we're now going to have more than the EU. 50,000 doormen. Yeah, your name's not Dan. You're not coming in. They wanted the blue passports. They've got the blue passports today. They're all moaning, A, that it doesn't, you know, it's not the right shade of blue and it doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel like a 1970s blue passport. But also, everywhere in the world's gone... You can fuck off. You've got COVID. You're not coming in anymore. You've just given New Zealand COVID. So you can't even use your stupid blue passport anyway. 
No, you can't. No, no. We, I mean, America was like the first to go. No, we don't want the UK anymore. Yeah. And uh, and that was it. And Trump shut us down. And 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 yet this country says that we we can do better trade deals with America than we can with the EU, for your chlorinated chicken and your harmonised beef. It's what the it's mental. It's like, wait, right? If you were if you needed brain surgery. Would you ask a brain surgeon or would you ask Dave down the pub what he thought? Do you know what I mean? Well, as like, much as I like Dave, I think I'd go with the brain surgeon personally. Right. So, like, when you've had... And literally, like, they go... My, my favourite is when they go, we're just going to fall back on WTO rules, we'll be fine. And then the former heads of the WTO come up to us and say, are you absolutely Can't do insane? That. Are you absolutely insane? You are going to get eaten alive. At the minute, like the UK is essentially just a chunk of meat in the water and there's sharks circling, getting ready to just asset strip the crap out of us. It's a, England uh, right now is a, is a snotty four-year-old in a, in a muddy uh, play pit wanting somebody to change its nappy after it's had a, a fucking mad tantrum and pissed everybody off and kept everybody awake. And now it's stood there, covered in its own shit, holding its hands up and going, do as I tell you. The con is so obvious. Like, I can't... Like, it beggars belief that anybody can not see it. How can you not see... Eaton educated Boris Johnson and all the rest of them alongside Jacobs Rees Mogg, who were all who were funded by disaster capitalist investors, people that run shorts on the on the markets that cause you know, people that cause the financial crash. They don't get what it is. There are millions and millions of pounds staked at the minute by the people that fund the Conservative Party, that in January, when Brexit happens, the UK economy will go into the toilet. That's how they make their money. They are relying on the UK. They are betting against the pound. They're betting against our success. Yeah, it's a casino move, and they've bet heavily against the pound. So now, Brexit has to happen, because if they don't, they, they, they lose... You know, millions and millions and millions of pounds, trillions. If they, if they, if it, you know, if they get to no deal Brexit, boom, all of our lives are fucked and go down the toilet. But they will make a killing. And it doesn't matter then to them no. if they go, oh yeah, it was a mistake. Yeah, yeah, maybe we should join again. Yeah, and they and they do that and they work towards that and everybody goes, oh well, at least they admitted the mistakes. And you go, well, no, actually, they've just made trillions of pounds profit. Yeah, and now they've got that money. They're now they own move everything. Forward and yeah, yeah, that exactly. thing that, that 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 factory that you used to work in that closed down, where twenty thousand of you had a job. He's now they now bought that and they'll hire five thousand of you back on half the wages you were on before. Yeah, and and they did it with uh, Russians and and Chinese yeah. friends of theirs, and they've just said, uh, "What you know? Watch this company tank, and then come in and buy it dead cheap, and then keep hold of it." And it's just investments because once they start 
once people are desperate and they've got no work, they'll they're willing to work anywhere just to put food on the table. Yeah. Then they'll end up working for these people for next to fucking nothing. It'll become a serfdom, and that's where everybody's basically working for its absolute minimum, and they've got no choice but to do it. Well, as I said, dude, as we started this episode, you know, my current plan as a man with experience on his CV as a bank manager, over 20 years as retail, you know, years, decades uh, of entertainment experience. Is this your CV? Yeah. My best plan at the minute is becoming an internet busker. I believe so. I think you need a cat to sit on the back of your, maybe your dog, sit, sit it around your neck, because uh, rest in peace, Bob. Uh, Bob passed away, the, the street cat named Bob. He was an inspiration. But my point was, the state of the economy, that as a graduate with, you know, a, a, a glowing set of experience, my best option at the minute is becoming a busker. What's it like if you're 18? And you've just come out of school. No experience. You just do. You do do stuff, and people will pay what what they think you're worth. Let them do it. No, but what I mean is, in terms of the job market for the next generation, you know. Yes. What they're going to do? What they're going to do? What are going to be the industries? They're going to be a YouTuber. I'm going to be a TikToker. They'll have to because you can't just go and get some experience working at your local shoe shop, or you know. I'm going to sell. I'm going to sell videos of me sticking carrots up my ass. Well, nothing new there. People should want more for the kids than having to turn to internet porn. I think so. I mean, it used to be, I don't want my daughter to turn into a stripper, so I'm going to give her the best life ever and, you know, send her to college and everything. And she's still going to do it um, because some people like flashing the tits. But also they'll go, they'll go yeah, but mum. Do you know how much money you can make as a stripper on the internet? <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly it. That's what I mean. Now you don't even have to leave your house. You can sit in your bed sitter in your parent you know in your room in your parents' house and put your laptop on and just sit there in your bra and knickers and fiddle with yourself while you're watching the Simpsons or whatever. <laughs> and I know you can hear his ka-ching, ka-ching, ka-ching. People just pay him, pay him. And you go, oh, I'll give him a flash of anus or something. You know, what fucking... If I was gorgeous, I'd be doing that shit. Well, I, me- <laughs> I remember... Be- <clears throat> I remember as a kid, you know, my dad going, are you on that computer again? You'll never make yeah. any money from playing computer games. Yeah, yeah. What the fuck Why are you, you not know, wanking Dad? like a normal teenager? <laughs> but it's like, yeah, you know what? If you'd have let me carry on playing uh, Manic Minor a bit longer during them years, I might be a YouTube sensation by now. <laughs> well, do you know what? I, I thought that years ago I would have been amazing, an amazing coder. You know, if you hadn't taken that Sinclair ZX81 off me, <laughs> yeah. right? I might, I might have been, oh, please let me have it because we borrowed it from school. Can I get one? No. And so I never had a computer until I was, bloody hell, till 96, I think. And that was it. I had an Amstrad 464. Yeah, I never got into programming or anything like that with it. Because anyone that was into that had a ZX. Everyone had a Spectrum. Well, you had the ZX Spectrum or, or you had the Commodore, yeah, Commodore 64. 64. Uh, that was that was the dog's bollocks, but I never had one. I, I, I was actually... Uh, working in London in I think it was 1984 um, 
and it was the launch of the 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 Commodore. Um, but yeah, so that I saw it launched, and um, I mean they're amazing times. I had a ZX eighty um, in the nineties. I had one of them, but just oh, I, I I would love to be able to just say. I know what I want to make and then just type in some code and it's and it's fucking there. And the beauty of code now is it's actually simplified. It's actually it's it's got to the point now where you just have to say a string of words and whole actions are created. And then you use apps like uh, if this then that and connect it up to this that and the other. Everything becomes automated. Am I going off on one? Yeah, a I little bit. What I was talking about. <clears throat> so, sorry, we have meandered. Can't little imagine bit. why. Uh, is there anything else you wanted to promote, plug, or anything else for the end? Well, I will say that um, even though things are getting back to normal, one of the things they were saying about um, who's important during lockdown, um, you know, key workers and manual workers, NHS and all that, and who who were not really important. Uh, um, Entertainers was entertainers like the number one. Well, you've been entertained by entertainers all during lockdown. Yeah, every book you've read, every song you've heard, every movie you've watched, series you've got into, box set, whatever. That's all entertainment. How can they not be important? Yeah, what, what's that about? The theatre industry is absolutely on its ass. I mean, the West End have start. You know, Cameron McIntosh has started saying, look. I'm gonna have to start the redundancies now. We're shutting down Les Mis, you know. We're, we're uh, Alexander Hamilton's being, you know, cranked back. Uh, I think there was four big shows that are going, but you're talking thousands of jobs in the West End. So again, you got where do those people? Where do those people go? Because theatres can't open to put you. You know, you haven't got your place of work, and you can't just do it from home. You can't, you know, re- do Les Mis with the whole cast at home. Not. A full version of it. Anyway, you could do a you know a, a recital of it, but you couldn't do the performance. You no, know, of it. and and as an entertainer, I'm I'm a full time working magician, stage hypnotist, children's entertainer. Yeah. Um, I cannot see me working for six months minimum, may, maybe even a year. Yeah, because the whole social distancing and everything, it's just going to be really awkward and. How many people you can get into a room or whatever. That that's why I've got into my woodwork. I've even opened up an Etsy shop, <laughs> um, and you can get uh, my designs. I'm making uh, bird tables, uh, all all out of scrap and reclaimed wood. Okay. So uh, they're they're rustic and reclaimed, and uh, you can find me on Etsy, at Chris PT Designs. Um, but uh, I haven't listed anything yet, so don't get excited. Um, but uh, I've got the tools. I've made the space in the garage. I managed to slice my thumb with a very, very sharp uh, <laughs> chisel and ended up in A&E. It does look so. <laughs> I was like, it, it, it is. Um, and um, I was like, I have to be really careful from now on. But, yeah, I'm going to make all these. Th- uh, hedgehog hotels, little birdhouses. Uh, insect hotels, things like that. Yeah. And uh, I'll put them on Etsy. So that's what I'm going to be doing. What are you going to be doing to stay sane? Well, as I say, I think um, my plan is 
because the economy is changing and people are working from home, it's trying to get people to rethink things and saying, OK, look, if you were walking to your job in an office or shop and you passed a busker every day, you'd chuck in 50p a week, wouldn't you? Because it brightens your day every day on your way to work. It's the same thing, only instead of walking to work now, you're browsing through Twitter. So while you're doing that, if you like my song and you want me to keep doing more, please just sign up to the Patreon, £2 a month. If I get a couple hundred people doing that, that's my bills covered and I haven't got to worry. I don't need much to live on. You only need a thousand true fans. To be honest, I only need about 300. (laughs) No, a thousand thousand true fans. Kevin Kelly, look it up. Um, Just brilliant. You get a thousand fans and somebody who's willing throughout the year to spend a week's wages on you, spread throughout the year, and you get 10,000 people, you'll be a rich man. You don't need more than that. No, but again, I don't even need to be a rich man, though. Like At the minute, this is just about finding a way to exist in the post-COVID, post-Brexit world. There's going to be a second wave. It's going to be 10 times worse than what we've been through. Lockdown's going to be really hard. And we're all going to have to be able to do something to keep sane. Yeah. And this was just a this was a dry run. Yeah. So what I do is, you know, satirical songs and things to try and put a smile on your face, but also keep you informed as well at the same time. And that, if you like a bit more of that and this podcast, things like that, uh, yeah, help an artist out, support your support the thing people you like. I mean, I, I, it always astounds me. Like I see, like there's some, you know, the common podcasts and things about in the charts and stuff that are run by celebrities and that but actually if you do a search down there's hundreds of people like me and you that are just giving things a go and actually you find some real gems in there that get missed because people aren't famous support people like that because they will i guarantee you appreciate your couple of quid a month uh donation more than you know someone you've seen on the telly already you know, develop art if you want something different and new and inspiring. Because that's that's how it comes about from the grassroots. Well, I was just thinking of Star Trek. All the things that happen in Star Trek, you know, mobile phones and phases and all these things mm-hmm. inspired people to invent those things or things that work like them. So you've got imaginative people who are artistic creating stories or theatre or whatever and that inspires the people who are good with their hands and who can actually make things, you Mm -hmm. know, who never even thought that. Wow, what a great idea. I wonder if I could do that. And that's why it works. It works having those different kinds of people and it's where we are. And if you don't support the arts, you're not going to ignite someone's imagination and something that you need may never be invented. And with that, I would like to thank you, dear listener, for spending your time with me, Doc Strange, and him, the dude, because we enjoy talking, and whether you enjoy us talking or not, we'd love for you to tell us. If you think we're just talking a lot of old shite, please tell us. Be nice about it. But if you enjoy what we do, do the same. Let us know. We actually really really appreciate your feedback good or bad and so far (laughs) we've had none (laughs) anyway i wish you all adieu i hope that you have a wonderful week 
day, evening, month or the next half hour. And just remember, you're not alone. We're all in this together. And whether you're black, white, Jew or Gentile, we love you. And everything is going to be fine. Eventually. Or we're going to die. One of the other. One of the other. Bye for now. Bye bye now. Bye bye. Hey, Mr. Johnson comes on the TVC and we're doing splendidly. But there's many deaths in the NHS working without PPE. Oh, you say it's tough, we have had enough. This is just calamity. To fight lockdown every night, Dom pushed herd immunity. Then he drove away family holiday. Talk about hypocrisy. Michel Barnier on the phone, Johnson naked and alone. We should be extending now in the midst of a pandemic. Dumma dumma dum dum dumma dumma dum dumma dum dum dumma dum dumma dumma dum dumma dumma dum dum dumma dumma dum dumma dum dum dumma dum dumma dumma dum Wish he was at home for COVID Bang, there's another gone from the care home while the country barbecues. Keep calm, carry on, sing me another song, fill all the stadiums and the pews. When we're all infected, it will stop, stop for an inquiry. Wish he was at home for COVID. Wish I could be trusting now in the word of the government. Michelle Barnier waits at home. He's been waiting four years long. Wish I had a clue on COVID. If you need clarity in a world gone mad, you can tweet at Chris Doc Strange or at Holy Mole. Doc Strange and the Dude is a Strange Mole production.